In this episode of the Trench Talk podcast, we catch up with one of our former teammates, Shamar Martin. Shamar is a member of the Roach Patrol at Springfield College. He's also an employee of the Boston Red Sox, and he is a member of the Connecticut Army National Guard. I really hope you like this episode. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Remember this, if you want to go quickly, do it alone. But if you want to go far, you do it together. We're like roaches, and you can't kill us. Shrek actually the other day um and he he mentioned um sure you could aim for the a and you could do this and do that um but if you obtain a b and that's the best you could do and you learn the most you could along the way um then you've achieved everything you could pretty much ask for especially from a, a head coach's perspective of their players and kind of grooming people heading into the world right now and i obviously you don't want to be sitting at home right now um when you should be with the red Sox, but I think you working for that ultimate goal along the way is helping you have it still be a reality that you can return to that job. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then, um, you know, what I contemplate a lot, I've been thinking about this recently, is like, yo, first of all, this last semester, it goes to plan for anybody, whether you be a senior or a junior or whatever, but yeah. specifically the seniors of each um, level of, of academics. So seniors for college, seniors for high school, eighth graders going to, to, to college, I mean, to high school. Um, so all of, we all share that common bond of we never had that last opportunity. So for, for, for high schoolers, it's that last quarter, that prom. And for seniors, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's everything. You know, it's the last semester, it's the okay. spring week, the senior week. It's, it's everything jumbled to one. And then for, you know, yeah. So for eighth graders, it's their last time before they transition into the next lifestyle. So we're all similar in that fact. And um, it's, uh, I, I think about, I think about the folks specifically in the college academia who are looking for jobs, who are not going to master's school, who are looking to get that entry level sales job or that entry level marketing job or, you know, that entry level job working at a hospital. You know what I mean? Imagine a nurse right now who just finished up. Yeah. Imagine that. Nah. You want to get trained, and the, the hospitals are flooded with dead bodies. Yeah, so it's definitely um, something I think about all the time. Like this is, everything you do has a, like a consequence, and and me choosing to, I was willing to give up that entire semester. That what if that what if we are well, what if we had you guys had the greatest you know you went on the weight loss journey, and then, <laughs> all right boom start going all right let's we're going for spring break oh we're going here vacation isn't that if that semester were perfect I was willing to give that up so I could work so it, it, it could have easily you guys could have the best time of your life and I would have missed out a little bit. And I would have saw about it on social media and I could have just been working and, you know what I mean? The yeah. season. But um, like I said, everything has a decision. So I always, I'm a, I'm a big contemplator, but um, what I'm trying to say is that I feel for my fellow classmates who are actively searching for jobs and, and kind of need that, 
Um, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of us, you know what I mean? Not, not just within the football team, not within the sports team, but there's there's a lot of us over the past four years who are, they've worked really hard and they, they deserve to be rewarded. But right now it's it's difficult. Even the good ones right now can't, can't get by. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that kind of raises things with me a little bit is as much as all this um, sucks, for lack of better words, um, I feel, and I, I'm sure these guys can attest to it, maybe you can too, that I'm almost in a better position than a lot of people because of the mindset that has been kind of put on me through the program that we were lucky enough to go through. Um, yes, no one was expecting this to happen. Yes, we weren't expecting to not be able to go on a spring break trip, which is, is fine. That's what we had to do. Um, obviously, we weren't expecting to have jobs that we've dreamed of ripped away from us and internships at, with sports teams and things like that. Um, but I feel like the impact that Coach C and the other coaches um, along the way have had on my life personally, um, I'm not as kind of naked, so to say, at this moment um, compared to I feel like a lot of people. And so I guess kind of to twist that in a question a little bit, um, how do you feel Springfield has kind of prepared you for this, this kind of what's next uh, thing that you have going on right now, you know what I mean? Oh, I, um, I think uh, Coach C and, and the football program at SC mean a lot to each. So every member that that makes it out and that has the opportunity to go through what we, what you know, us three are going to say, just going to it. So have fun with that, you know. If I can go, <laughs> I can go back, I'll go back like that. There's no, those are fun times. And um and you realize that more. The more, the more and more as time goes by, past um, the last time put on the pads, uh, the last time in the locker room, the more you begin to realize how important. And, and that's when the lessons start kicking in. Not when you're every Thursday and every Wednesday you're hearing, uh, you know, it's game week and you're hearing different speeches from different different folks or different um, former players of the of the program who are very influential. Um, You'll, you'll remember them, and you'll think, wow, that's cool. But then, you know, you focus on practice, you focus on hydration, you focus on weight, you focus on, on um, you know, keeping up with, you know, being an SC guy. Um, it's more of when you're faced with adversity and um, you're in a more practical, more realistic, real-life, real-world situation where those you'll start to have flashbacks to, you know, when folks were talking about when they OD'd and lost their friend and, almost got kicked off of the football team, but somehow overcame and came back the next year and ended up being a starting team. You know what I mean? So you'll, you'll start thinking about flashbacks of sitting down in the townhouse conference room or sitting down there in the locker room listening. So that, that's when they'll start to kick in. But like I said, each one of us, you know, Coach C is a very affectionate and we all, like he's a special place in my heart, special place in your heart somewhere else. You know what I mean? We all remember Coach C for different things and for what they've taught us and other coaches as well. But Coach C's like the top dog. He's the chief. And we all got to admit it because he's the, it starts at the top and it spreads in different directions. Mm -hmm. For me, though, um, Coach C has very been very influential for me ever since my freshman year. And um, and everyday lifestyle, a lot of the things that I do, you know, it's, it's like, it's I, I don't think about it. It's like I've been conditioned or trained Throughout, the, throughout which it's true because I've been we've been living it for the past four years, so it's I've been conditioned and trained to just act a certain way, and those the way I act and the certain things I do, 
can all be traced back to the roots of either the Springfield College football program or Coach C directly just by his talks and his motivational speaks. I think uh, like the first thing, like I remember when I really like, wow, this guy, Coach C, like he's a great speaker. Like he's so influential. I think you're a freshman year and he's like talking to your entire team and it's like a couple of days into practice and whatnot. <laughs> he's talking to the freshmen specifically, but he's like, he had told us, he's like, whatever you, he's like, he's basically saying, whatever you, it, oh, it's the freshman, he was saying to our class, when we leave, that we should want to say and should be able to say that we left the program in a better place than what it was when we first found it. So basically leave something in a better place when we first found it. And that was my first time ever hearing something like that. And I tell you, my mind is blown. I'm like, that makes, good so yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Leave it better than you found it. But like, like when I first got it, was it this good? And I left it. Can I say that it was better? Like, that, that's what you're saying. Earn that right. That was, a, that, was, that was the first influential thing that I've heard Coach C say. That is the, my favorite thing. And that, 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 ever since then, every time he talks, I just tune in. It's quiet. I tune in. It doesn't yeah. matter if I'm at home or practice, I'm tired, I'm weaving or whatever. I'm tuning in. I'm tuning in. I remember um, it was a freshman year. I was freshman year and we're in the home and I'm tired. And I was playing Dean at the time. And Joe Chase is in front of me. He's like, yo, Shmoney, stop moving. And I'm like, I'm just really moving, but I'm concentrating on Coach C. I'm just concentrating. Some of, the, some of the guys are talking, and Coach C gets a little upset sometimes, but me, I'm just like locked in. Ever since I heard that speech, I'm like, this guy is the real deal. He's the truth. He's the real McCoy. So, um, so to, to, to go more deeper into it, at the Red Sox, I don't take I don't take elevators. I take the stairs. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. take elevators. That's more of a roach mentality thing, but um, but uh, it was something that I learned later after having the opportunity to move to the offensive line myself yeah. here. But still, though, um, Coach C always says the smile to open doors for, for, for folks. Um, and that's just the SC guy way. And, and Coach C, everything he preaches is, is the, he's the I, I, I picture Coach C as the direct embodiment of an SC guy. And everything he spits is just facts and fire credited towards molding us as young men into SC men eventually. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, the, 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 at the Red Sox, I do like random acts of kindness, like, I work in sales and I work next to some guys who do group sales. And um, there's one guy named Matt Terry sold a big group sale deal with over 700 tickets to Lindor chocolate. As a thank you, they send a giant box of chocolates. I'm talking like 1200 chocolates in these box of two flavors, hazelnut and um, a new flavor they're trying out called uh, was it Neapolitan, which is like strawberry chocolate. Oh, wow. Okay. So like a prototype for us. So there's a giant box of chocolates. This, and I'm only two minutes, two months into the organization. There's still some folks I don't know, but there's still folks who may have seen me before. So what do I do? I'm like, there's no way we're going to eat all this candy. Season's coming up. It's already spring ball. Uh, season's coming up. Everybody's getting ready for April. So I, uh, it's like middle, it's like late February when these chocolates came in. So what I did is I took, uh, in the break room, I took some bowls and I filled them up. I walked around the entire department, not, not department, the entire Red Sox organization, keep in mind there's two different buildings. Walked around, so I handed out chocolates to everybody who I didn't know. I was like, yeah, hey, my name's from artist and that, but why just the artist and that? Oh, chocolate, 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 chocolate. Did that for like a week straight. I'll tell you, those boxes were almost done. Like, really. That's awesome. And then people were so happy. And I was like, yeah, like, you just walk around and give a chocolate? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was a combination of me being social and just being happy. And, and um, yeah. I, I pride myself by doing one nice thing at least every day. And it um, seems pretty selfish because I could do more than one nice thing. But when I think about it, it's like um, I, I, I have the urge to want to do nice and do right by people. 
um, naturally and kind of go out of my way. So I don't mind holding the door for like 20 people at one time to go into a restaurant. Or go into, I, don't, I don't mind, especially if I'm not in a rush at all. It doesn't bother me because it's been paid back to me in so many other ways and it will continue to pay back to me. My visit to Springfield College, Coach Arugio, I think he's at Boston College now. Coach Arugio was a GA at the time and um, I was a senior in high school and I drove down and he walked me around campus and everybody was saying hi to me. And I think they recognized that obviously I wasn't from here, but I was like a recruiter or a potential recruit. But everybody was saying hi to me. I went to the to Cheney and some guy opened the door for me. And I'm like, this guy doesn't even know me. Why does he open the door for me? We don't do that in Hartford. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or they don't do that in Hartford. Like, what the heck? And then that it was that that was the first condition of the moment. That was when I was like, yo, if this is how people act, this is where I want to be. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. He just came in and reinforced everything and and then there's different coaches that came along who, obviously, I mean, I feel like every coach who's been to the program has been greatly affected by Coach C. You know what I mean? He's like, like he just has so many, so much, so much of great influence. And so, um, but yeah, whether it be Coach Keen or Coach Bozum, Coach Ruggio, uh, Coach Coach D, Mike Lou. So, um, you know what I mean? Every, everybody, everybody is, uh, has been very, uh, very, very influential. Springfield is special just because, you know, we know what's special here. And, and it's mm-hmm. kind of sad that other people on the outside don't know what goes on inside our program. You know, we can tell them, yeah. like, yeah, man, that's great culture. They don't know. They don't know. They, don't, they, don't, they really don't know. So, you don't know it unless, like, you've been through it. They don't. Yeah. You can tell them about it as much as you can. You can tell your parents about it as much as you can, but unless you're actually doing it, it's tough for them to see. And unless they're actually there coaching it, or physically there at all the brotherhood challenges and, and they're at the last last regular season practice and they're at some of the games and you know what I mean? Let's like I'd say the only the only people outside of um, us directly in the football program who could kind of understand more about our culture as a football program would be the parents who are closely there. The parents and fans of family who are there. Because they they're they're like the next level people who are, who are closest to understanding. You know what I mean? Especially if you're if they have a like Think about how many times you may have spoken to the closest person. You know, I mean, think about the person who comes to you, support you the most in terms of um, everything, and who, you know, the person who knows more about football, most about football for you. You know what I mean? So you're gonna tell them everything. So they're the closest person. But and, and then think about how many people you interact with outside of that closest person. A lot of people. We go to school. A lot of people. We're interviewing. We're doing um, internships. You know, we're going to different locations where we're in, we're in the birthplace. And people ask us, hey, what does that mean? Or, hey, I have a cousin that went to Springfield. Oh, you play football in school? I heard about the roads. They did this and that. I heard about how you guys never throw the ball, this and that. So that's that's the surface level. It's like that. It's like a it's like a um, uh, iceberg. When they say that yeah. tip, there's a like like tip is like what ten percent of it, and then ninety percent you don't know how deep it goes. Exactly. So yeah, so a lot of the people they know and they respect it, but they can never have the same appreciation that as you and I will, um, especially after going through multiple years and finish it out. You know what I mean? Not even somebody who goes through uh, one season and transfers, they understand. Not like we do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, you know, let's say they got a little taste of it, but it's different. It's different. I think, I think uh, one of the things you mentioned that like your, your action just to like take, like take those chocolates, go around, shake hands, meet people. Like that's one of those things that's like so small and like, it's such a, like a, such a small action that um, it, it means a lot though in the moment, you know, it, it carries a lot, you know, it, you're, you're going out and you're making an effort to just make connections with people that you work with. 
And I think that that kind of speaks to, uh, I, you know, we always talk about, you know, you never know when someone's watching and like, you know, it's like, are you going to pick up that piece of trash on the, on the sidewalks, you know? Um, and it's just like, cause you always, that's kind of something that like the SC coaching staff talks about, you know, coach C talks about that all the time, you know, don't, don't let that, you know, small thing, uh, break you, you know, do, do the, do the right thing, you know, um, and just kind of like what you're saying, you says you're, you're living that type of mentality every day. And, uh, and just to the point where I don't think about it, I haven't thought about questioning if I wanted to do something nice in a long time. I just do it. I've lived enough life for me to learn. I've lived, I've lived enough life in real situations for me to learn that you want to be on the good side of every situation, no matter what. Yeah. You want to be on the good side. You just do good and hope for good to come back to you. That's, that's it. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm grow, I grow a lot. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the great thing is, uh, especially us, we had four years together and we could see how much uh, both of us have developed and now we're off trying to be adults for a little bit. You know what I think about though? I still have one more year of ability. Yeah, <laughs> you come back at 30. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. It comes up. Comes up. MBA, one year of ability, study abroad. I think about it, but you know, yeah. that, and I think about what Major said. I think it was at the last game. Yeah. Everybody's crying and everybody's sad, which we understand it was tough. Um, yeah. Major was saying, um, if he were to do it one more time, like he don't think he could do it because he wouldn't want to do it with a different group of guys. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right, and that takes time to build that. Yeah. Build that um, because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sam, as you go through your years, you're going to see other people drop off for various reasons, people you never thought would have dropped off or, you know what I mean? People will just kind of attitude change, and you're going to see other people who are going to ramp up and become more committed than ever, and it's going to be great. Like, yo, like, I remember, like, you weren't this committed with me, but now look at you now, you know what I mean? Leaders speaking up. So that's what's going to build the cohesion between you and your classmates and, and, and your teammates and folks in your perspective um, tracks and grades. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that cohesion is, is like, we didn't have that freshman year. We have that sophomore year. It takes time to build between every workout, every meeting, every session, all the extra sessions that coach don't, that coaches don't know about. Like that takes a lot. You know what I mean? I can't tell you how many times like guys like, like Tim, Tim C and Eric Carlson and, and like, you know, all those guys have, you know what I mean? When, since Tony and I were sophomores specifically, have they kind of like tried to pass the torch off and, and so they're like, yeah, like, you guys are up next. Like, just because you're a sophomore doesn't mean, like, you know what I mean? And time just goes by just like that. Coach she says don't like all the time. So we really understand how fast it is. Sam, like, I don't think, I don't, like, if Sam, if I'm you, I could, if I'm playing your head, I'd probably guess that you probably still digested, like, like, wow, like, the last class is gone already. And, like, we just bonded like that and some of these guys I'll never see as frequently as I saw them before. And that's how I was as a, as a sophomore. And um, uh, yeah, as a sophomore specifically, I was, I was just so dumbfounded by how fast it went, you know? It's like, boom, it's August, you're doing, doing these beautiful drills. And then all of a sudden it's freezing. You're like, oh, it's cold. Then all of a sudden you're, 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 you get your winter break and you're like, dude, that went by pretty fast, so. Yeah, yeah it's that like first meeting right after uh, the guys graduate, you're like, Where's Shamar? Where's Tony? Where's Bainter? You're like, where is everybody? It's almost like it's missing, but like you'll see eventually with a team, like a great culture like that, people more oftentimes than not 
they kind of stay like you'll have like as you were talking about that torch was passed like your sophomore year you were probably like where's Chula Loomis and then we could say you know Shamar Martin was my Chula Loomis Fox (laughs) Sam you're right you're absolutely right things that we were talking about and kind of we wanted to get your opinion on it too is you know there's a lot of hard conversations that I think people are starting to have um, with the current state of things and we've talked about how that enters a football locker room you know and how I think that we do a pretty good job like you know as as former players in terms of creating an environment um which we're trying to make sure every voice is heard. But I think that, uh, you know, as we, as a lot of stuff, a lot of stories are, are starting to develop in terms of, you know, talking about a lot of uncomfortable conversations, um, you know, with everything going on in the world, you know, what would be your advice to a head coach who like wants to create an open productive dialogue with his players you know and just in terms of making sure every voice is being heard making sure that you know you're, you're not ignoring the the issues that are currently going on in America you know um, creating an environment in which people feel that they're valued mm-hmm. yeah that, that's that's definitely important because you can't ignore that regardless you know what I mean it's something you have to speak up about um can you guys tell me if I'm wrong but was it was it uh is it the Brotherhood Development or the Culture Club? What do we do? Brotherhood Development. Brotherhood Development. Yeah. yeah. That was a great idea. Whoever implemented that, I'm not sure who, what it was, which coach it was, but that was that was an amazing idea, and, and uh, whoever did that deserves a lot of credit. I'd say for the Brotherhood Development Series during preseason specifically, um, begin to have some more of these conversations. Uh, at some point, uh, you know, football is more than just a game. We all know that. Um, it's more than just physical. It's, it's mental. It's checking on your brothers. It's making sure everybody's mm-hmm. right. It's making sure that the person to your left and right knows that you actually care about them and not just care that they're going to block for you and score touchdowns. You know what I mean? They care about you as a physical person. So the Brotherhood Development Series, I think that needs to be expanded. And, and um, you know, it, it's going to be tough because coaches are focused on preparing us physically, specifically, mentally and physically, but physically, especially for the challenges we're going to face in the season. They want to build us up. They want to break us down and build us back up. Same thing the military does. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll just strip you down and, you know what I mean, and you're going to be at your lows, and then all of a sudden, when, when the challenge comes, you're going to be at your high and time for you to perform. So I think the Brotherhood Development Series is should be expanded on, and um, and, and the best way for that to be, work is is just to put a little more time and some thought into to revising the program and basically just expand on it and making it better and include some of the dialogue, changing up um, some of the conversations. And they're not easy conversations to have, especially with – a new group of guys who don't know everybody, that's going to be the toughest part. But it's okay because in a group like that, the strong survive, baby. You know, whoever's down to, down to stick around, we're here with you. If you can't take it, we'll see you later. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really that simple. Um, but, no, that, that's probably the most efficient way in terms of time because we were able to fit that in with time in our meetings. And still, we, we still got the job done. We still had to mm-hmm. play ball. You know, we still had fun. Yeah. Um, when school starts, shit gets hard, and it's going to be a lot tougher. Um, it's going to be more tough to get those kind of things done when folks are concentrating on academics 
and also when folks are distracted by the many distractions that are on campus, whether it be party, whether it be, yeah. um, whether it be other influences, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it's the distractions are there. Preseason is the best time to get all that stuff done and to lay the foundation for that so you understand that, like, this is what the program is about. You know I mean, there's a reason why we do certain drills on the fifth day of practice, you know what I mean, when pads are on. Because to lay the foundation, to set the tone, so let's know we are. So we should yeah. do the same thing in the classroom um, with real-life world issues, economic issues, and yeah. you know, racial issues, or whatever whatever issue is current, pending issues, and whatever other issues are current and pending. Whether it be respect against women and, and, and uh, equality for all and treating everybody equal no matter what race, classification, um, identification, anything, gender, you know what I mean? So the, everything that we see on social media that folks are fighting for against humanity and that those have been issues for years, something that we should also, um, we should be speaking on because we never know who out of our group belongs to any one of those categories or is specifically affected by any any one of those issues or categories you know what i mean yeah like the classes so it, it doesn't matter you, you never know you know what i mean everybody comes from so many different places uh but yet we're all here in springfield so there's a reason we're here to understand each other and the more you understand everybody we get it you're not going to be buddy buddy with everybody in terms of that but the more you understand somebody the more you'll trust them and that is proven that will translate into the field. You know what I mean? Once you mm -hmm. trust them more, it's proven. It's proven. It's proven. And um, a lot, a lot of a lot of coaches spend their life researching those kind of stuff. And it's it's true. The, the teams yeah. that if you look at some of a lot of the undefeated teams in sports, it's a lot of a lot of the players talk about chemistry that year. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have talented guys, but guess what? Those guys didn't become those talented guys by just hanging out. They, you know I mean, usually a group of talented guys has. Uh, a stronger or even a stronger group of guys who are supporting them and are working for them to become that talented guy. You know what I mean? So not everybody is genetically gifted to be a freak. You know what I mean? Like Gio. But I guarantee you in Gio's corner, he had like six or seven solid, solid guys who are pushing him to get there and work with him. You know, they're also busting their ass too. So just because they're not two-time All-American doesn't mean they didn't have a fact in that. You yeah. know what I mean? Two-time All-American is nothing without the people who helped train him with him since freshman yeah. year. That includes us, Tony, you know what I mean? Because guess what? We were his we were his punching bag for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. Around two, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not that. Even, even uh, you know, Chula, Chula's the fox. He's nothing without the guys who are a little bit faster than who are egging him along. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think about Christian Zadi. You know what I mean? I saw a picture of him the other day. He was with Nick Reeves and they were doing, uh, I think it was the Murphy, the Murphy Challenge. And um, I saw them, I commented Legends on Facebook and I was like, like this is great. I, I remember... Yeah. I remember I almost got in a fight with Christian Zadi and Dom, you know what I mean? Because they were they were upset because we we were kicking their ass. You know what I mean? We were me, you Tony, we were kicking their ass. Yeah. I remember we were in the back of that in the, in the fucking end zone corner with Coach Moore. And back we were, in the roll days. Back in the roll days. We were back in the roll days. We were beating yeah. them up. Yeah. Coach Moore was instigating. He was, he was Oh yeah, he loved that. Loved it. Yeah. But that's that's what it takes. And, and um guys like so that's where the culture begins. Yeah. Where we under see, I I've only seen Zadi as a person where he's so happy and such a hard worker. And sometimes he, uh -huh. and he mentally taps kind of like Jack to compare yeah. it to Jack. But a lot more, yeah. a lot more twisted, a lot more sick. Yeah. So, so in a sense like that, I've only seen that, and I'm like, all right, now Zadi's like upset, and I'm like, dude, Zadi's getting upset. I don't really see him get upset like Adams might. But now I understand this because this is 
the reason why he was mad, the reason why Dom were mad is because the, the need and the desire for them, they don't want to be, they don't want to lose. You know what I mean? And they don't want to mm-hmm. be shown out. And, and they, they, they're, they're seniors and they wanted to be, you know what I mean? They felt a certain yeah. way, which is, which is okay. We all feel yeah. that way. But that, that's me getting to know them on the field. Wow, this is what makes them. This, I push this button right here. And he reacts like that. That's fun. I like that. And But guess what? Guy went out to the next game and got a pick. Dom got a pick very that very next game. His first pick ever. His only pick too. So um, you know what I mean? Just yeah. just stuff like that. You think you think about it. Although you're not the person in the stat sheet, you're not the person getting the glory. You're definitely a part of the story. Yeah, I mean, uh, I couldn't agree with you more on pretty much everything you're saying there. Um, kind of backtrack a little bit uh, to one of the things that you mentioned earlier um, is with everything going on, and I think generally. Um, you said people want to kind of always be on the good side of things. And I think that's a great kind of mindset that we've been lucky enough to learn over the years. Like you said, you don't even think about doing nice things now. You don't think about bringing chocolates around, although that's a small gesture holding a door. Um, And I think with the whole um, being on the good side of things, whether it's in sports or it's, um, in the world right now, as we've seen in uh, the BLM movement, which we we talked on last week briefly, um, is I think there's a, a right way and a wrong way um, on both ends and to both extremes in this thing going on. And I think, and I, I'd be, I'm curious to hear your opinion on it. Um, what is kind of the good way or the the good side of things to be kind of handling this from both ends of this? Like what can people be doing to be creating a kind of, so to speak, culture in a locker room, yet a culture in the world um, right now? What are some of the good steps do you think people could be taking? Oh, well, my, in my opinion, and I, and I feel like you guys can 100% agree with it, is that, you know I mean? The, the Black Lives Matter movement is something that's been going on for a long time. And yeah. like without the slogan or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a big person to say um, the people who are less fortunate or the, the minorities have been targeted a lot and minorities are being targeted and it's no, it's not every minority. Every situation is very different and very unique. However, thank God for social media to highlight some of the negative things that have happened and also the police officers wearing the badges. But at the same time, I also do want to point out that it's not just minorities too. There are sometimes in, in certain cases, there are folks who are just being treated poorly simply because of misuse of power. And mm-hmm. that traces an issue of police brutality in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now we're looking at, we're not just looking at only Black Lives Matter and Minority Lives Matter. We're looking at, there's an issue other than that. You know what I mean? Yes, they're, they are targeting black people. They're, 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 they're being, they're, 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 there are some issues there. But what else? Because other people are dying too. Spanish people are dying. You know what I mean? Muslim people are being targeted as well. There was a Muslim, Muslim, the first Muslim judge in the United States, she was found dead in like the Hudson River. This was a couple months ago. Yeah, I saw that. Exactly. So there's an issue with, with power and, and folks in power, abusing power. So that, that's, a, that's, that's another big issue that we need to, uh, that's what I feel like um, stems from it. Mm-hmm. It's hard because, you know, a lot of the, the politics, it really ties into politics a lot because the people who are making the decisions have a, a, um, a, you know, a lot of influence on it and a lot of the one percenters, which is tough because it, it's been like that for years. Yeah. Like and, centuries. Yeah. So it's yeah. tough. So right now we're in a movement of another change. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my 
father, he said that George Floyd will go down as to be remembered similar to to to, to, to Martin Luther King, not because in terms of his death, his death will not yeah. go away. People, so our kids, or for example, us, us and so our, us, we will remember the name George, forever, George, forever, just like our parents who are alive to witness Martin Luther King being assassinated, or our grandparents, they they can't forget it. It's yeah, a no. history you cannot be erased, or even Rodney King. So, and, and what it is, the the result of, or yeah, the results of George Floyd is, it's a beauty, and some parts of it is a little ugly. But guess what? It's the same thing that happened. History always repeats yeah. itself, and this is an example of history repeating itself once again. No, I don't agree with looting. No, I don't agree with protest. Um, the 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 violence that come, the 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 excessive violence that comes out of protest. I don't agree with that because you know what I mean. It's, it's destroying your own community. However, this happened years ago, and it mm-hmm. happened years before that. And guess what? This is not going to be the last time it's going to happen again. So I think the yeah. most important thing is to be educated, and and we need to to get to the the core roots of the problem. That's about the problem. So we know what the problem is. You know, you say the police are are, are abusing their power, which we've seen on video proof, and it doesn't matter. And yes, maybe they're targeting black people or maybe they're targeting minorities or maybe they're targeting whoever they want to target. But the problem is, I think also that they, they have too much power or they're, they're abusing their power in a way. It's not everyone. So what needs to be done, in my opinion, is we need to educate ourselves on, on the topic. Education is important because that will allow us to not to lead to ignorant conclusions. And two, we need to figure out, we need to come together. You know what I mean? This is a time that we all need to come together. And it is not yeah. every black person come together at one. It's everybody who stands for equality and justice comes together. Yeah. So that should be a lot of fucking people should come together. You know? Yeah. And, you know I mean, because yeah. we all want the same thing. Yeah. Like, a big issue of mine is that women still get paid like 82 cents to the dollar. That's, a, that's an equality issue. So mm-hmm. equality and justice for all. The same principles that the Constitution was written on need to be enforced. They haven't been reinforced. And it's tough because there's a, it's like I said, the 1%. They control everything, and the politicians—they control everything. So it's it's tough because money, money, money is money is very powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Money is very powerful. And that, that's the best move. Yeah, that's and I think it's sorry to cut you off a little bit, but I think it what it, it ties into what you're saying. Um, I don't know if you happen to see the uh, the Patrick Mahomes quote that he released a little while ago when uh, things things started to amp up. Um, he released a statement, and he was like. In a nutshell, he said the world would be a much better place if it was a lot more like a football locker room. Um, and as soon as I saw that quote, I couldn't help but thinking about the the times where we would have talks a lot like this by the lockers, um, the times where uh, we would all be up doing dances and acting crazy in the locker room, or or, or Jeff's rap during preseason, or just all these different interactions um, that we had as a group. And maybe it is me being naive um, and not recognizes what I have in that situation, but those almost all felt like such pure moments that only productive things come out of. Um, and I, I, it would be something, you know, if we could kind of bottle that up and use knowledge, like you said, to educate yourself on the situations going on and kind of attack it with that mindset. You know what I mean? Right. You know what it is, too? It's yeah. that it's 2020, and there's still a lot of people that see see color, they see race, mm-hmm. or things they should not have. And what I think about 
when you say that Patrick Mahomes go, think about the locker room, is that you don't see race and you don't see color <laughs> fucking on the field pushing the same fucking heavy bag up the hill. You don't see that yeah. shit. We don't, we don't, we're all here for the same carbon goal. And if every human being had the interest of wanting to do good for everybody and wanting to see everybody be successful, then that means we all have the same common goal of wanting to have a good life. Mm-hmm. So that starts, and to be honest, the reason we live, why do we live? You know what I mean? Because we're told to get a job, told to go out, obey your parents, told to go to school, get education, so we can get a job, so we can work, and we can pass, you know what I mean? That's what we're told to do. So if we're born to live and to enjoy life, and you know I mean, if it's if we all have the common goal to want to live a good life, that means we should all want to help each other out and be positive. There should be no room for negativity if we all have the same goal in life. And, um, and if that just like our same goal to compare that to for football as well, we want to, we want to work together cohesively. We want to be the best. So we're going to focus on what we do. We're going to work together. We're going to eat together and work out together. We don't see race. We don't see color. We see a group of guys with the same mindset as us all looking for the same common goal. So why is that, that, that outlook can be applied on life and anything. You know what I mean? We'll have the same common goal. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand beef and I don't understand war and, and the need for, for amnesty. You know what I mean? That it's, if, if we're all on the same path and on the same goal, you know what I mean? You chose to come to the football locker. You know what I mean? So it's, it's more about we all want to be on the same path. And when we're working out, we don't think about, wow, this person's from Hartford. I don't like Hartford. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm, from, I'm, from, I'm from the 203. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't think that. We're like, yo, man, this guy's pretty quick. I wonder what I can learn from him. You know what I mean, how can we be better together? That's the So that mindset that we have in the locker room, that's why we're able to connect like that. To dance like that, uh, fun like that, um, to express ourselves. I didn't know Jeff was a rapper until a couple, until recently. You know yeah, I mean? that was uh, that was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, was, and, and it's it's crazy because with everything that has happened over the four years, you can't help but that to be attracted to those moments. Like when <laughs> Levine and I went out and we got our little the the zigzag <laughs> bolt in our hair, and we came yeah. in and everybody was going crazy. Like, oh, it's like you, you can't be helped. Like it almost brings you back to childhood, that kind of that pure innocence, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, I, and I think that's a healthy thing, you know. You're right with that word, that pure innocence word. You either come yeah. right around the money, pure innocence. When you're a kid, yeah. unless you're told about something and you're being conditioned, just like I told you, I was conditioned by Coach C in Springfield to become who I am today, to be mm-hmm. a nice person, to be nice. That's who I am, which is the right way. So mm-hmm. as long as we all agree in the world that Hey, let's all live a better life. Let's all be nice to each other. You know what I mean? Let's, let's work really hard and achieve our goals. You know what I mean? Express ourselves in the ways we want. So yeah. As long as it, like, yeah. And what it, right now what it is, everybody in the world, we're not on the same track. Yeah. It's showing. People from different places are, have different motives, different agendas, and we're not on the same track. And it doesn't, it could be as simple as, it could be as simple as the difference between me and a person walking by and seeing a piece of trash and I pick it up and he doesn't. You know what I mean? And he, maybe he saw it intentionally. Or maybe he yeah. dropped it and looked at it. Maybe he dropped it and looked at it. And yeah. Like, so, so, screw that. Yeah, like, and, that, and now you magnify that into to, to exactly. such larger life, life situations. He's on a different track than me. Yeah. It's no different than somebody who wants to live in the past yep. and live off of principles that the rest of the world agrees that, hey, this was wrong. This is wrong. We all want to live a good life. We all want the best for one another. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. it, it's all about us being on the same track. And the pure innocence is the, is the best way because we're all each human, like from where we're born, everything is being conditioned to us. So I feel like if we take that condition in the right way and, and, and raise everyone to be to have the views of the general principles, general world principles of wanting to be a good person, then the world will be a better place. You know what I mean? That pure innocence. That's the best thing ever. Just doing something just for the good of it and not for anything like extra motives or not having any twisted attentions. So, um, but it, that's that's a tough, what I'm talking about right now, this issue, it's tough. You know what I mean? It can't be solved within our lifetimes and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's tough. I think the Brotherhood Development Series is, is a great way, a great outlet to, to talk about it. And um, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I respect the movement. I respect the organizations that donate to it. I respect social media for, for making it aware to a lot of people. Because had it not been for social media, a lot of things wouldn't have come to light. Mm-hmm. And um, as social media begins to advance, you know, things are there's going to be more things that are going to come up, and it's, it's all about getting educated and figuring out the best way to to see how you know how we can come together. Like I said, but um, ah, man, it's definitely a complex issue. It's definitely a complex issue, but it doesn't help being silent. It definitely helps a lot more talking about it because talking about it is going to make you a better person. You're going to feel inside. It's going to be like wow, like you know what I mean. I can connect with this person more and this person can trust me to tell me this is how this person has been affected by this issue. That's crazy. This person's courageous. This person has went through so much in their lifetime and yet they're here next to me at 6 a.m., you know what I mean, getting ready for spring ball practice. So, um, like I said, it, the, the, it is, it's adversity. What we're going through right now is adversity in the world in the United States and, and, and Coach C loves adversity because it's an opportunity for us to demonstrate the skills that we've learned at Springfield College Band. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you talked about, and I'm kind of shifting it back to like, obviously straight up football perspective, but like, I think the four of us are kind of, you know, at least I I feel like I'm a little biased. I think that football is the greatest sport in the world because it's such a challenge. It's, it's this weird concept where you have to have 11 people on the field and each, each individual person has their own responsibility. And in that moment, everybody has to do their job and you're reliant on your teammates to do their job. And then you add in the element that there's three phases and then, you know, there's this sort of gladiator esque, you know, um, attitude about, you know, you sack like there, you know, we know as, as offensive linemen, you know, we're sacrificing ourselves physically so that there are other people behind us that can make plays, you know, um, you know, I'm making my block so that, you know, a guy like, you know, Chad Shade can make the proper read. You know, uh, we talk about Jeff all the time. You know, we're, we're making sure that Jeff as a halfback, you know, he knows where he's supposed to be. You know, and he's a guy that we've talked about on the show before is an incredibly selfless teammate, you know, someone who puts the program first before anyone else. Um, so it's weird. It's It's this kind of crazy concept where, like, we come at it from a very – different perspective of like being in an environment of which the whole purpose and goal is to everyone do their job and put their selves on the line so that, you know, from a physical standpoint, you're, you're putting physically yourself in a position so that other people can succeed. Um, and so when you take those concepts and all those lessons that you learned, it's pretty easy for us to kind of, transition that into a real world scenario where we're talking about a lot of issues that you know uh, are very complex but 
you know, we've always found ways to work with each other to, you know, break down barriers and, you know, understand each other. And I think that's part of the perspective thing. Um, and just being empathetic for other people, empathetic for your teammates, just to make sure that you understand each other. And I think it just carries, and that's what you kind of talked about earlier is the most successful teams are, are guys that are able to really understand each other and, you know, sacrifice for one another. Yeah. I would, to go off that Tanner, I would say not just care and sacrifice for them on the field, but also like off the field, like you have a teammate who needs a ride or needs help with homework. You're the guy who's like, Hey, I can help you with that. Like they don't even have to ask. You'll do it for them without asking. The trust that that builds trust, you know, those off the, off the, off the field experiences and those opportunities to build trust. How many guys are like, yeah, I need to ride to the dentist or guys get hurt and they got to get checked out. They need to ride. And then it's usually the older guys who have the cars that are going to help out. So, um, and that's, that's where it's like, like those little things can help build trust. I think um, can't say. I think I used to get a ride from Joe Chaves and Trev. They used to have like this nice truck. Trev, Trev used to have a truck. Um, oh, yeah. Used to ride after practice. Yeah, in the back. Truck to get to Chady. This small little, you know, simple walk. But dude, you'd be tired sometimes. And I'm just driving back there. And I'm just like, wow, these guys didn't have to do this. They didn't have to make room for me. So those little things build trust, and um, and and that's why. I hate to go off off topic, but that's why those little instances where you get to bond with the older guys and then they're gone like that, it's like you get sad. It's like, dude, why'd you leave me? You know what I mean? It's like, yo, my time's up. You know what I mean? I did my time. So everybody goes to that time. And you're, Sam, you're going to have a lot of guys, like the, the incoming freshman class, you know, they're, they're going to be looking up to you. And, you know what I mean? They're gonna, then, then, boom, you're going to be a senior. They're like, damn, Sam, I remember you used to give me a ride. Now I'm a sophomore. And you're going to be like, don't blink. And then they're gone. And then they're like, damn, missed that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a life process. And that's what's fun about it. That's why, that's why, that's why you know, folks older than us, when they come back to give speeches, they're all like, yeah, I, I'd do it again if I wish I could. Because, because they, they realize how fast it goes by. And they realize that every time that you face adversity in real life situation, whether it be the coronavirus and not finding a job, whether it be the coronavirus and losing a job or whether it be being victims like some type of injustice, you start think about the start to think about the lessons that you've learned at Springfield College Football. Yeah. It all comes back to what you learned at SC. It all comes back to the birthplace. And you start thinking about how you were faced with similar or other challenges that were hard. You start thinking about the times where you had really like you really went through something hard. And you're like, damn, judgment day. And you're like, damn, something else. I'm like, damn, that game we were down by this much. So and then you start thinking about what you've learned by your people who influence you most. For me, it's Coach C. For you, it could be Coach Bozo. You know what I mean? So you start, you start to dig deep. You start to think about the people who shaped you into what you are. And that's why I say it always comes back to, to, to these, those past four years that um, us three have experienced. And it will go back to the, you know what I mean, for you, for, for you as well. You know what I mean? You want to you wanna give us uh, one last one? We'll see you later. 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 See you later.